welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. We're a podcast about board games where we have opinions and conclusions formed on the basis of incomplete information. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is brought to you by Amazing Stories Comics and Dragon's Den Games. Hey there, welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. I'm your host, Norm. And I'm Ryan. And I'm Ian. And today is a topic show. Uh, Ryan, I'll let you do the introductions of what this topic show is because I think it piggybacks perfectly to the last topic we did. Sure, so we're going to be talking about board game expansions. Expansions. Let's take a moment to thank our sponsors. Amazing Stories Comics in Saskatoon is winner of the Joe Schuster Award for Best Comic Book Store in Canada. Also nominated in 2016 for the U.S. Eisner Spirit of Comics Retailer Award presented at Comic-Con. Stop by the store on Friday nights for Learn to Play Board Games. Play and receive 20% off the purchase of any board games in the store. Okay, so um, uh, let's, get, let's get to some expansion talk. And uh, how do you want to go about this? I mean, you uh, in our show notes, we, there's so many things we could approach it. So. <laughs> I know. I, I kind of went to town last night uh, typing up some of my, just jotting down. My, my brain was just spewing information onto a page. Why don't we just go right to the top here and just maybe talk about what the purposes of expansions are? Now, here's the first question I want to throw out to you guys is, um, when, when, I, when I'm researching a game and I see that, oh, there's, it's a base game and then there's an expansion that's like soon afterwards, my first question is, was the game released too early? Or, or is it, I mean, because I hate the idea of you're just trying to pull more money out of my pocket. If you want to give me a good base game, give me the good base, base game, but don't make your expansion that, uh, you know, bug fixes at the end of it. Yeah. So that's kind of like one of the thoughts that I jotted down was like, when a game comes up with an expansion, um, was the game developed with an expansion in mind? Yeah. Like, right, was it the forefront? Is the expansion kind of like an afterthought? So some of my examples I kind of put down here were like um, the, the game Ticket to Ride. Let's take it a lot, something that a lot of people know about. Ticket to Ride. Mm. So millions of copies. And there are map packs galore for Ticket to Ride. Now, were those map packs, like Ticket to Ride, obviously, you could just, it was expandable right from the get-go. But were those, were those expansions developed? Was the base game developed knowing that they're going to release map pack after map pack after map pack? Well, I think it depends when the game is released. Something like Ticket to Ride, I think that was just a, an outcome of their success. Almost like a movie sequel, right? If a yeah. movie is successful, it's getting a sequel. If a board game is successful, it's getting expansions. I think okay. more recently, people are thinking, yeah, we're probably going to have expansions coming mm. up. So There's definitely some obvious cases like... I don't know, Scythe that actually has expansion places on them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so here's, yeah, no. a, here's a jumping point thought to that. And I'm just thinking of it even like from, uh, from we're, all, we're all teachers here, right? So if like from an instructional design idea um, that, that board game design has 
fundamentally changed now with the idea that when you build a game, you have to put thought into it um, as to how can this game grow over time? Because I don't think there's too many games now that it's like, here's the base game, that's it, that's all. There's never going to be anything, even if this game is like the next hit, it's not going to have any add-ons because it doesn't need any add-ons. Or, or like I said, do the designers, are they starting to design in that manner where, yeah, that's just a part of, of how games, the game industry has grown now is that, that you can lock into a game that um, is, uh, is like a, you know, a solid title for you. Like the Warhammer guys and the, the, you know, the miniature system guys. What do you think on that? Well, I'm, I'm not even going to touch on like the miniature system and everything because that, that, whole, that whole, that whole system's designed around, you're not supposed to collect everything. You're supposed to like lock into like a faction or a team and you solely build around that thing. You're not, you're not, you're not supposed to own a billion dollars worth of miniatures. Of, True like, enough. You're not supposed to own everything. on. But, on but what are your thoughts on the whole idea of game design changing with that in mind now? I think it is definitely. Yeah, when like Ian's example here recently, um, with 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 the game Scythe, the base game Scythe had those expansion faction symbols printed right on the base game board. <laughs> You're right. The base game only came with the five factions, and then like it was very very soon afterwards that he released um, the Invaders from Afar expansion, which introduced those two other factions. So like we knew that they were coming. So I guess the purpose is, or the question is, what's the purpose of leaving that out in the first place? Was it? it I bet you it's kind of something along the lines of economics. What it would have been, because the price point on Scythe, like if we're using Scythe right now, yeah, uh, price point on Scythe already as the base game was a fairly high um, MSRP of what, what like seventy to ninety dollars. I think that was the MSRP right. on that. And you add in those extra miniatures and that extra stuff, you're probably talking about now MSRP of 100 bucks plus, maybe. And so maybe it was a marketing thing. Also, Scythe was a Kickstarter. I think that was one of his last Kickstarters that he did, mm-hmm. too. So um, I, don't, I don't know why. Because it, it happened again here in Tapestry. Tapestry okay. has five players. And there is a spot on that other side of the board where there, there's, a, there's a sixth space that doesn't get used. And he's already come out saying that there's going to be um, a, a sixth player expansion coming out. So, so, it's already, so, it's already, so it's already there. I was already speculating. And here, and here it is. It's coming out. So that's so. a design concept that, that comes out in phases. I mean, that's okay because he's consistently done that. So it's kind of like, hey, um, I'm gonna want I want people to come back to my product. You're gonna enjoy this game for a little <laughs> bit. Oh, and now I'm going to release an expansion, and now I want people to come back to revisit my product. I'm gonna sell a few more copies. And well, to to piggyback on that, and it's the same publisher, Stonemaier Games, is um, his first success, Viticulture. Like, how many iterations of Viticulture has been out? And that's basically gonna be on my top three list that we. Uh, that we set up here because um, just a designer has the same tendencies as an artist where they always want to come back and fix their work a little bit. What do you think of that? What do you think of that? 
Yeah, I, I, like I, I would say more with more so in those days, like they kind of updated the edition, so kind of like made a second, not necessarily an expansion, even though Viticulture did get their the, the, the Tuscany stuff, but they came up with like a whole new edition to okay. Viticulture, which included those um those expand some of that expansion material inside of a whole new um, edition, which they called the Essential Edition, and so. Um, yeah, no, new additions definitely are not expansions, even though they could incorporate some old stuff like those expansion material inside a new edition, I guess. Um, but I, I think I, I, I like this idea that we kind of started on here where maybe this expansion material, what its purpose is, is for maybe to bring people back to that game after a little bit. Um, Clank seems to be doing this a little bit more like the base game clank where they keep updating. They, they're doing the ticket to ride thing where they're bringing out a new map pack or yeah. like a new map with some new mechanisms and something they bring in something a little bit new. It's still the same game. They haven't changed the game at all, but it just kind of adds that little bit, something new just okay. to make it a little bit more different. And because I know this of Ian's collection, Ian, you have a lot of ticket to ride expansions, don't you? I do. Yeah. I've got the first, five map packs and okay. i don't know if i need that many but i have them i have that, them well okay so in all those cases that ryan just said it's like each one gives just a little bit of a different flavor to it right just a little bit so there's always little tweaks yeah like there's the ticket to ride asia one is actually pretty cool because it has a team play which is pretty fun actually it's okay it's a you play in partners but you have to not talk to your partner and it's pretty neat <laughs> and then there's um there's some that they've tried that don't work as well like where you have to um you get coins for being first in a place um i can't remember how that works it wasn't that great but then there's like the uk one where you have to gradually upgrade your train before you can move further out into like Scotland and Wales. Oh, cool. You have to actually increase your train technology. So they, yeah, they can add new kind of neat ideas to Well, it. and I mean, I, uh, I bought the France Western expansion and um, I totally loved what they did. Just the little change they did with the France one where you, you have to declare the, first of all, you have to claim the track and then declare what color. And then the Western one had, uh, I, I can't remember offhand, but had a very cool, I mean, again, just a slight little twist, which added, um, you know, an interesting, interesting choices to uh, a somewhat um, routine game. I mean, as far as our level of gamer experience goes, yeah, it's like, let's yeah, me so come like all the ex it. All the examples we've given out right now are just kind of like these games that kind of just like add like a new board to play on that has a couple tweaks. They haven't changed any of the game mechanics, like how you physically play the game. Yeah. Which I think is a sign of like maybe a, a decent expansion, a good expansion. It's like we don't want to convolute things. Please, oh, please, oh, please don't introduce a whole bunch of new mechanisms that I have to now keep track of. And what, wait, oh, oh, oh we're, we're playing with the expansion now. So now I, that changes. I'm trying to think of an, I was trying to think of an example of where that happens. But um, I like it. I like to think that a good expansion expands the base game, just brings a small thing new. doesn't completely change the game. Well, should we talk about like the different kinds of expansions that we can have and then kind of talk about what yeah, I like we that. think about them? Yeah. So like, <laughs> like the games that are meant two to four player, 
and then all of a sudden, hey, a couple months down the road, here's the fifth player expansion. I'm sorry, I have a problem with the fifth player expansion because very rarely do I have five people at a game night. <laughs> well, as a <laughs> counterpoint, quite often I do. Oh, really? And so I actually appreciate those expansions sometimes. Like Survive? Have you played Survive, Norm? No, I haven't. It's a, it's regularly a f- four-player game, but it can easily... like it's, it's one of those games where you just people just love to play it and just want to kind of play in a big group. And so the five- to six-player expansion is fantastic because it's definitely a game where more people add more chaos and it adds to the fun. Okay, well, here's, the, here's a question to piggyback on that. The, the games that, um, where the expansions are the, the concept of adding more players, is that exactly what you said? It increases the enjoyment of the gaming experience because it's such a, such a seamless game or such a fluid game that you can add more players without it getting you know, AP-ish or cumbersome? And now, like, and now, like I, I do own some of the, I do own some yeah. of the fifth, I'll call them the quote unquote fifth player expansions, but not, I haven't bought it necessarily for the fifth player. Yeah, because I usually would, they usually they'll, they'll they'll tag on some other little things. <laughs> I would well. I would hate to play a arc rate five to six player. <laughs> yeah, some should not. <laughs> well, you know that, and that's what I mean, right? There's some games that lend themselves to, like Flam Rouge. It's like. Oh yeah, this could easily go six players because it's such a smooth card mechanism uh, for a race game. Where where it it it, I think it lends itself to that kind of growth. Where where the you know the opposite end of that spectrum is is something that's big brain burner, crunchy, potentially AP game. Well, it does bring us back to the idea of like, is the game not complete then without the expansion? And so when people come up with Oh, a fifth player expansion or a sixth player expansion. Was the game really meant for that many players? And if it was, then why didn't it start that way in the first place? Like Settlers of Catan is pretty famous for having those five to six player expansions. And they're good in a pinch when you, you know, you have that many people and they want to play Catan, but it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be played more than four, mm. not at all. Just like um, I have, I have some, I have a couple. Of, there's, there's a game that has lots of expansions to it. Um, Cosmic Encounter mm-hmm. has a bunch of expansions to it. Yeah, and um, there's a few of them that add. So, like the base game already plays up to five players, and then there was, I think there was three more ex- expansions. Each one could add on an extra player, so you, you play it up to eight. Pl- I would never play a Cosmic Encounter eight player. Well, I probably would. <laughs> I, I probably, I probably, I'm probably intrigued of what an A-player game would look like. Yeah. Like pandemonium and having to keep track of that many alien races and powers in the game. And okay, well, here this is a, a this is a good segue to because we talked about expansions about the amount of people playing. How about expansions that increase the uh, um, the game system, like like Cosmic Encounters? You said now there's uh, you know there's a whole bunch more races that you can pick through or mm-hmm. there's um the there's, more of the same expansion right? yeah uh, or there's more factions like small world right yeah um, yeah i put down small world here where they kind of yeah. just came out they came out with a little bit of those those um uh, oh i can't even well, remember like root but they just but they said they just yeah. added a couple more characters a couple more playable factions yeah, yeah. root is doing the same thing now the same how game is, system. is 
does that say that the the base game is broken or that the designer discovered that oh we you could interchange a lot of these uh, uh, game system modules within the game and it, it will still function as you want it to function i yeah i that i don't see that as being a case of not the game not being complete i think that's just for people who really love the game here's some more options here's okay. some more diversity you can add. we we recognize that if we if you played this game over and over and over again with these base four factions you could probably come to a it may get scripted. A game, state, a game state that's a little stale. Yeah. So here's a couple more expansions, or here's a couple more factions. I mean, to uh, you know, create create a variability and mix, kind of like the yeah the expansion that's give me a little bit more of that game experience and kind of increasing the variability. Or something yeah. like a Concordia Salsa, where you just add one wild resource just to see what happens to the whole, right? I think these more of the same are my kind of my favorite expansions more i like the same yeah i like that type. more stuff i like yeah. the like in orleans i like getting more buildings that you can get <laughs> or yeah small world i love having the new races and dominion just getting more cards you can use well and then like you have here with the uh, fantasy flights lcg stuff right okay well that that's a that's a whole nother separate because that's the a fantasy transition. flight living the fantasy <laughs> flight living card game model is they're, they they've created a system here. The expansions are in mind. You are going to get a base game. Yep. And if you enjoy this base game, please note that we are going to continuously on a regular schedule going to release expansion packs and expansion material for the next foreseeable future until people lose interest in this game. And then we are going to stop this. Like um, Arkham Horror, the living card game, it's already entering into its fifth big box um, cycle. Yeah. Where they, you have to buy the big premium, get the all big set of cards, and then you have to buy six more packs to complete the story. Now, are you upset about this or are you encouraged by this because they're, they're just giving you more of what you love about this game? This, is, this one's <laughs> a tough one. This is a tough one because if I, if I were to like to say which game on my shelf... Um, has the biggest value the biggest value the biggest cost point would definitely be arkham horror just because as a complete game i need i i need to finish this i love the story i need to finish the story and they keep suckering me into like hey you gotta buy one more chapter for 15 dollars or you gotta buy another chapter for 10 dollars got their hooks in you and once they got yeah once they've hook lined and sinkered me like i'm already um five premium expansions and every single chapter into but, it but you could parallel that into like literature right i mean like martin's you know how many novels has he created and brooks how and jordan how many how like series of novels that they come out with just and and it's the same satisfaction as a reader it's just give me more of these characters give me more of this story so i mean i i get that itch i totally get it yeah, and now they're going. They're doing this now. They're doing the same thing because they just released Marvel Champions, which I'm really enjoying. It's a really good game, and I'm at that point now where I've played it so many times. I've played it solo so many times, and I'm now starting to itch for that next hero. I want to play with a new hero. I want to fight against a new villain. Cool. And that's what and that's what they're going to give it. That's what the Living Card Game is going to do. They said we're going to release some hero packs regularly. <laughs> we're going to get some new villains regularly. Ian, do you got any of those uh, LCG uh, itches in your collection? I don't. The closest stay, thing, stay away. The, clo <laughs> the closest thing I have is X Wing. 
which isn't uh, really the same thing, but kind of the same thing. Yeah. Well, you, you never really got into the collecting of all the ships no. for X. Oh no, I gave myself a limit. I said, <laughs> I'm only buying the ships that actually show up in the movies. Cause after a while they just were making up their own ships or going from the books or whatever. I'm like, no, just the movies. I made myself a limit and I stuck to it. Yeah. Carillion food truck. That's not a ship that you, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, what yeah, do you that, want? That's, but that's another, that's another one where it's like, Hey, the, if the game, if the game is successful, which most of fantasy flights, LCG models have been, yeah, they're going to produce regular content for it. Well, absolutely. I mean, if if they if they hit a winner, they're going to keep going to that well, right? I mean, the, I'm I'm into it with the Lord of the Rings, and I, I oh, don't. Yeah, even, that's right. That's right. I don't even want to uh, see the uh, expansions that I could get into because the ones that I have right now, I I I mean, it's I'm I'm just enjoying myself with what I got right now. And maybe yeah. that's another question too. Is is just because they're there, do you actually need them? Or can you return to the, the base game and, and, you know, the one expansion that you have and be satisfied? Yeah, because oftentimes if, I, if I'm teaching a new game or a, a teaching a game to some new players that haven't played it before and it has expansion material, I, I've, I don't think I've ever done the situation where I've jumped them all in. Like I've added the expansion material in as they've, as their like, first learning game. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever done that. Maybe with Carcassonne because there's um, that, that first expansion inns and traders, traders and inns and cathedrals, inns and cathedrals. Cause it had the builder and the trader in, involved in it. And th- it didn't add that, that extra layer of depth really to the, to the game. I, and plus I didn't think I sorted out my tiles <laughs> ahead of time, but it, um, there, there, there's another one, Carcassonne. That has a that has a bunch of expansions to it. Yeah, at some point you got to cut yourself off when when it doesn't fit in the base box anymore. Exactly. Ian. <laughs> <sighs> well, that you know what? That's a good transition into. Uh, I, I like this next topic. Are there good expansions and uh, are there bad expansions? Yeah, because and what was my note here? I, I, I this this was me spitballing again. I said good expansions expand the game in small, simple, new ways. Does not convolute the original experience. Now, I, I would say the, the, bad the, expansions would. Uh, I would I would corrupt the flow of the game, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think off the top of my head here. Um, I might get I might get shot for this one or something like that. Um, the Great Western Trail expansion, Railways to the North. I have it. That, I've yet to play it. That I, I've played it once, and I yeah. did it that and for exactly what you said. I didn't like it because it disrupted the flow of the game. It added a whole brand new this whole brand new board and mechanism, and it added that extra layer to that when you um, <laughs> deliver the cattle at the end. Okay, and. I don't for that reason I'm like it took it took like a game that already took kind of a, a decent amount of time. It was already kind of a long game at like three and four player, and it just added, and it added more time. The uh, the one that. that just popped into my head that is corrupts the flow of the game is the Ladies of Trois expansion. I love the purple dice that you get to keep and no one can take, but the the ramparts that it just added. It, it just corrupted too much of the information that you're already processing on the main board, which is, I mean, with the, the different cards that you can 
put into the different uh, the three areas, that's enough variability for me. So that for me, ladies, it's while having the, to deal with the ramparts as added information and an added, uh, you know, uh, um, sort of like micro meta things on the board. To me, I didn't like it, but I did. Now, keep with, the, now with ladies at Trois, this came into my, all right, can you just play the game with just the purple dice and yep. not play the ramparts? Yeah. So, yep. so, so modular. Yeah. I like it when expansions are modular. Yeah. So I, I get, I get like two or three things in this expansion box and I don't have to play with all pick of and, them. I can, pick I can and choose. Pick, pick and choose. And yeah. that, that's a sweet spot with me. Now, the, unfortunately, I have to buy the whole box <laughs> and I know that I'm not going to play a Splendor. Splendor did this with their expansion. Um, we bought the expansion to Splendor. Jen loves Splendor. We bought the expansion. There's one module where we read it and we're like, we are never going to play with that. That just, that's just, that just sucks. <laughs> well, <laughs> Ian. The Alumbra model. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You, men you mentioned uh, Orléans. Isn't there, um, isn't there one of the market boards that is a pretty brutal take that market board? So there's a couple of expansions to. Uh, I haven't. Played. I, I only ever the, bought the promo tiles with the. Ah, I think buildings. it's the intrigue. The intrigue. Uh, yeah, trade the trade and intrigue yeah. boards. There's a, board. a lot of take. There's one board that has a lot of. There's more. It increases the player interaction. Yeah. Which is kind of like, but it's also it's it's very mean. It's a very take that. But it's player interaction. It, and again, like you just said, module wise, it's you can choose not to use it. You can flip it to the other side, and and it has a oh, different. Exa exactly. Kind, yeah. And it introduces um, um, contracts. You can choose to add in the contracts module. Yeah. Whereas like, hey, if you're collecting goods and you're traveling around, these will introduce this and you can score some bonus points if you have these goods and you deliver and you are in this city. Kind of like a pick up and deliver type of, a, type of idea to it. So it's just an add it's an extra way. You're still playing the exact same game of Orleans. It just has maybe you have a, an extra option to think about. Cool. Yeah. During your turn. Good, bad. What do you got? Well, yeah, I think the things that are more adscititious where they're just kind of adding on and doesn't match the flow, those are the bad expansions. And the did you play that Race for the Galaxy one where you, you were trying to fight off an alien race? Yes. It was one of the newer Race for the Galaxy expansions. And after every round or so, there's like an alien race we have to fight off. And it completely didn't flow with the rest of the game <laughs> it did not make sense we didn't understand why we were doing it and it just like interrupted the game right yeah. it's like you had to interrupt the I game remember. to do this extra thing and it just doesn't work yeah that's the same thing with that um the great western trail one where you have that you have to stop at that cattle delivery point and now you have this other thing that's going on um it, it, the cattle delivery part should have just been as simple as what what it was, and now they introduce this whole like the train. I I, I don't know. I, get this out of my face. <laughs> I, I don't even like to talk about it. I don't. I see. You, I don't. I don't even understand it. You got me so f like f twisted on this. I want to. I want to like take it out and explore it. Like, pretty, <laughs> you, it? You, should, you should. Yeah, you should try it. I, well, don't, yeah. Don't, don't, don't get us wrong. You should, oh, I'm not going to dismiss it, but it's just kind of like, oh wow, this is really good into your skin. I really want to know now what's going on. It, it for for me, it just didn't like. Now I'm getting because now I'm now I'm getting <laughs> pickier with things, and that one really struck home with me. I was like, hey, I love Great Western Trail. I love buying expansions to games. Uh, I'm gonna pick this one up, and then when I actually did play with it, I'm like, oh, this, oh, this sucks. And now I have it, and now I'm like, 
can I ever just get rid of just the expansion? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. There, there, there's, there's not really, there's not really an aftermarket for just like buying just expansions. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe. You'd be surprised. There's a lot of completionists out there. I was just going to say at what point with your gaming collection, um, when you, okay, at least for me in my, in, in my head, and I'll get this idea out and then we can talk about it. Um, that when I buy an expansion, I've committed to the game. It's like you're staying in my collection for a while because I'm I'm now putting uh, uh, resources in my pocket a, towards a, this game. So you better stay on at least the middle shelf. So 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 you got a game, you bought one. Now if a second expansion comes out and you know it's gotten like super bad reviews, like they say this this is the absolute crap of expansions you're saying that you still need to have it no 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 not necessarily that but when i buy an expansion it's sort of like okay if i buy an expansion it means i can't get rid of this game because then i've just increased okay, the resale cost yeah. of the game so it's like i've committed to this game in the simple fact that i bought an expansion for it so this is a game that's going to have some longevity in my collection i like that so it's like it validates the game for you. Yeah. If you get the expansion. Yeah. I, which, now, which, you, which for me, that I'm, I'm going to keep coming back to this Great Western Trail thing because I like <laughs> Great Western Trail as a game. It's awesome. I, it's, oh, it's a great game. Yeah. I'm never going to play with the expansion. It's just going to sit there on my shelf now. Well, that's stupid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ryan. But... Just don't use the expansion. No, no, there's I'm, no reason. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Put aside the game. No, I'm not going to set aside the game. I'm, just, I'm setting aside the expansion. I'm taking the expansion okay, back good. out of the. Oh, phew. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were saying that oh, because okay. the expansion is added, you don't want to play the game anymore. I, which I have heard the... people say and makes no sense well, to me. Yeah, no, that doesn't make that. That's just absolute <laughs> hot garbage. I still love. It. Just gonna, take I, out the expansion. That's all I did. I took out the expansion and put it back in the. It's expansion box, and now that expansion box is sitting in, in a box somewhere underneath oh, my yeah, stairs. That's fair, that's but there's, but you know what, Ian? I bet you any money Ryan has a little bit of game shame. He'll just look at that game for a while and go, oh, what? No, oh, I'm, I'm not playing you because of that <laughs> expansion. Game shame. You, give your, you do game have shame. game shame, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so here's an expansion. While we're on the idea of whether an expansion is good or not, is the requirement of it being good mean you play it every time you play the game? Ooh. I could think of El Grande right away. I have the big box. I've yet to play any of those expansions. Yeah, me too. I haven't even touched them. But I but but does not dismiss the fact that it's you know they're not valid. It's like, oh, I want to get into at least that one where you change and you get the cards in your hand and, and the and a lot of that uh, initiative and action card system is kind of blended together. I want to play that one, but to me, defaulting to the base game because there's a new player or a couple new players, I'm okay with it. That base game is solid. I like. I, I, I like this fact because there are there are a couple games in my collection that I know Jen and I we always we always add in the the expansions. One is um, Jen's favorite game, Five Tribes. She, she we will always mix in the the all of the expansions, the art the artisans and the uh, the whims of the Sultan. Again, they don't add. They they add to the game. They definitely add to the complexity a little bit, but it's still the same base game mechanisms, and it just gives us more 
I guess, choices in order, in order to do there's like the whims of the Sultan gives us these new tiles that if you, you know, if you own certain tiles, you get exponential points as long as you've controlled those tiles. Artisans adds in the next player color, which now makes it six tribes, <laughs> which I, I had a problem with. I still kind of have a problem, <laughs> but the game, but the game is still good. The game, the game, the game is still good with that, and we will always play with it because we like what we liked what it added. Okay, to yeah. the to the game. Seven wonders. I always play with leaders. Always. Yeah, I always play with leaders. Yeah, but I don't think it's a requirement for an expansion to be good. I think there are some expansions that you play every once in a while, um, and I'm thinking, what am I thinking of here? pandemic everyone's pandemic has that on the brink expansion right which you know has oh we could play with this purple cube which changes things up just a little bit but you might not want to do that every time is that that the one with the bio terrorist yeah the bio terrorist doesn't work as well but you could yeah well that's like um uh i had it on my list before um flam rouge where where the uh expansion just introduced the uh, cobblestone tracks and a couple different track systems that you can you can interchange with all of the different uh, uh, track building that goes on in that game. But that's kind of that's kind of its own weirdness too, because you're track building and, and and you know a lot of other games with expansions just add more. Like we had talked about, more functional parts to the resources of that game too. So, yeah. But I think that speaks to it. A, a good expansion is that if if it adds something to the game that you want in the game every yeah. time like you feel like hey now the now the experience is like more, for some reason more complete because i have this extra stuff in here i, I think that's a that's a that's a good expansion yeah king of tokyo i think of with the the, the power powers cards. The every, power every cards. monster has their own power cards i'm like this takes a great game doesn't change it too much but makes it just a little bit better a little bit more gamery Mm-hmm. And we always play with those powers, like always. Cool. Yeah, that was another one where I thought that that was probably something that should have been in in, in the original base experience. I, almost, almost you know kind of like. I'm going to disagree with you on that. Because I think King of Tokyo was one of those games where they're really going for a broad audience, right? Right. And they're going for people that don't game all the time. And I think those cards are for people who game more often. And so with keeping those out, it's just making it a little bit more accessible for everybody. So I'm actually okay with that not being in the game and just being an expansion. I think that's a case where that works pretty well. And also kept the price point down because Mm -hmm. they didn't have to print all those extra cards. <clears throat> cool. Um, what do we want to touch on games that you know? Okay, they they these games that have been out for a while now, and they have a buttload of expansions now. Where it's kind of like they they've 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 diluted their game so much. I'm gonna think like think of like Carcassonne. Yeah. Are you as, talking like Evergreen games? Like, I mean, I would, like, Carcassonne, yeah. I'd call it, yeah. count Carcassonne, uh, Ticket to Ride, Small World, um, of all those, that group are, are those, like, like we had mentioned before, solid, solid base games, but they've been around so long that, like you said, Ryan, the expansion comes out just to bring you back to that game again. Yeah, and now there's so much stuff. Um, 
like it would seem like it's 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 daunting that if I ever wanted to like you know play a mega game, if I wanted to play like a mega game of Carcassonne, which we will make happen, we'll do, <laughs> we'll make happen someday. But I, I, I but I just, I just I just think about it too. I'm like wow, that's like a that's like a daunting task because of how much stuff is there. Another thing is like this, like I've gotten back into legendary Marvel <laughs> and I've acquired quite a, like I, the collection that I got had quite a few. And now when I opened up the box and there's thousands upon thousands of cards and I was just like, whoa, what am I getting myself into? I'm not, am I going to play with all of this stuff? And I have this, and I had to sift, sift out and I had to um, cycle out and organize. Okay. Where's, where's the base game in here? so that we could just play just the base game. And there's so, there's so much, there was so much stuff that just seemed like it was daunting that the amount of material. And like, if you are a completionist, like that's just, that's just a trigger, a really bad reaction in the back of your brain saying, I need all of this. Well, you, um, you have, El, you're a big fan of, uh, was it El, Alhambra? Yes. Uh, talk to me about that one because that one's got a buttload of expansions, as you so well, put it. Well, because well, Queen Games started doing these things where they released the big box, so they released this gigantic coffin-sized box that has all of the expansions inside of it. And there's <laughs> five, and then they came out with a sixth one right after, which was kind of silly. But but each one is four modules, so that's like twenty to twenty-four different modules oh. that you into the game. But they're tiny, like they're small. Yeah. Some are a little bit more convoluted, for sure. Yeah. Some are pretty easy to throw in and probably play with every time. Yeah, like <laughs> Jen and I have ours organized where we already have the stuff that we're going to throw in every time. It's already been separated out and combined into yeah. the base game. And then we usually just pick like one, two at the most of extra modules just to like spice up that particular game have you guys ever experienced game breaking moments like where the game there's so many expansions in the game that the game just about breaks i don't think i've ever because i've never added in so much stuff <laughs> yeah. now you're challenged <laughs> well, well, I, I, that, that, and that's that's something like what like ian and i said we want to get together we want to do this mega carcassonne we don't know what that experience is going to be like like we're going to probably pull a tile and we're like, I don't know what this does. <laughs> we have to stop yeah. and read the rule because I don't know, actually know what this tile actually does or what this icon means. Because I usually don't play with every expansion of game I have. It's like, oh, let's play with this one this time. Or let's play with this one this time. It's kind of the way I usually roll. Yeah, it's kind of like, kind of like what I do. And if, again, if I'm gaming with new people, I don't play with an expansion. No. Now, if I'm going to play that game again with that group of people, maybe I might add in an expansion this time. Or maybe they just say, hey, you know what? That game was just good just the way it was. Um, I'm thinking about um, with some friends of ours, uh, Vince and Courtney, um, we play Whistle Stop. And Whistle Stop's got an expansion. And they are actually afraid to add in an expansion because they're like, we just finally figured out how to play this game. And now <laughs> yeah. you want to add in some new stuff for us? Yeah. <laughs> Because they're they're not gamers, they they their their brains aren't wired like ours. Okay, well, there's the next leaping point. Are expansions meant for gamers, like heavy gamers? Yes. Next. 
I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to expand a little bit on that. I don't even I think, think it I, needs expansion. <laughs> well, and I wouldn't say every game needs an expansion, but it, the games that do have expansions, these expansions are more geared towards hobbyists. They're 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 geared towards these people that are invested in in into these games. Now, okay. Uh, yeah. The the one the uh, here this is a game that pops in my head and then we can use this to pivot around innovation. There's like ten expansions and they're just added decks of cards. Do you ever need to get to that? Because we played that base game and we loved it. Yeah. And well, that that that's that's the Marvel Legendary <laughs> thing. Uh, there there's there's so much to explore in just the base box. That if you were to get the say, once we get to the point where, hey, okay, we've explored everything, and that's going to actually take a long time because of all the possible combinations, Dominion, yeah, all the possible card combinations that could come out, um, it'll take you a long time before you say, oh, now I'm going to add in the next expansion. I'm going to explore those scenarios or those people. Ian, um, talk to me about Dominion. I, yeah, you got yourself a set. I have probably got eight, seven or eight expansions for Dominion. There's a lot of cards, a lot of cards. So, yeah. And like if you do the combination, even for the base game, the combinations are in the Ridic- hundreds of thousands, millions. It's so ridiculous. there's no way you're going to ever play played. everything. But each expansion is just a little bit of a different experience. I keep the expansion separate, right? So if I'm playing with the Seaside expansion, I just play with that expansion. I don't mix them all because that's just insane. And then you're, yeah, you have the diluting problem, right? Of, well, now you'll never, you've got all these cards. You'll never see this one come up or this one come up. And the synergies don't happen as often. Okay. So Dominion, I just, I do one expansion at a time when I play. I say, okay, let's play. Let's do this expansion. Let's do the Dark Ages this time. Or Okay. Come on down to Dragon's Den Games in Saskatoon. Let Darren, Allen, the staff help you out in your search for great board games, role-playing games like Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition, miniature systems, and all your related accessories. Be a part of their gaming communities that have scheduled events in their great gaming area with plenty of tables and plenty of seating. Dragon's Den Games in Saskatoon. I think we should move on to uh, some top threes. I like this idea in the theme in the topic shows to have some some top three lists or top five. I see. Yeah. I was good. I pushed it to top four and I got called on it, so I had to trim my list. Exactly. Exactly. Don't break the rules here. No. Yeah. I, I thought I would expand on my list, seeing as it was about a expansion. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Let, should we all just like, like? Do we just do the countdown? Start at our bottoms. Yeah. And let's work, go with work, the, our, work our way ups. I'm. Uh, well, I'll. I'll be happy to do our our uh, our intro here. You ready? You ready for the intro? Sure. <laughs> Top three expansions. Number three. Take it away, Norm. Okay, so my number three is Clankin' Space Apocalypse. And, and what I love about the most about that 
uh, uh, expansion is it gives you something to do with the black cubes that come out of the bag. There's three sets of level one, three sets of level two, three sets of level three. Um, there are nine, according to that math, there are nine different kind of um, scenarios, helpful, neutral, uh, and harmful that can happen to you and the rest of the team that make this, that just add a little extra dimension to an already awesome game. So that's my, uh, that's my number three is uh, Clank, in Sp Clank in Space Apocalypse. <laughs> Ian, you're next. Uh, my number three, I picked, I don't know how set in stone this is, but I wanted to talk about it, so I picked it. Merchants and Marauders, the famous pirate game, uh, came, out, came out with a Seas of Glory expansion, which was actually came out like five years after the game, and it's the only one they've had. Um, I love it because it just adds a whole bunch of just little extra things to add to the theme, to the pirate theme. It was already a great pirate game, and... This expansion added things like um, sea storms and uh, your crew can mutiny against you and, <laughs> and you've got little islands and stuff that you can attack and just adds a whole bunch of little modules that actually deepen the theme of the game and make it more piratey and I kind of like that about it. Cool. My, uh, my number three, uh, I'm going back to Scythe and the Wind Gambit expansion. And so what this one added, it added uh, two different modules that you could add to the, to the game of Scythe. One of the modules was the, its selling point were the airships. You can add the airships to the, uh, to the game, which they come into play um, during your movement action. Instead of moving your, your workers or your character or your mechs, now you can move an airship. And the airship can carry either, depending on the scenario, can carry goods or it could carry workers. And I love the variability in this because the airships, when you play with this, they all are going to have an aggressive ability and a passive ability. And there's a big old stack of tiles of each, the aggressives and the, so the combination of what you're going to get for your airships in a game is through the roof. I really like it because it just, and then each of those modules just add just a little bit. And then what I also liked about this expansion is that it introduced the module of you can change the way the game ends. So instead of the game ending always on the, uh, when the person places the sixth star, there's a big old stack of tiles. I think there's about, there, I know there's over 10 of them that change the way the game ends. Like you can play a game that just says, hey, this game is going to last 20 rounds. That's it. At the end of the 20th round, game ends, add up your scores. Cool. Or um, something will happen where it'll be, oh, once all the encounter tokens are removed from the board, replace all of the encounter tokens. If they all disappear again, game ends. So the game ends around the encounter tokens. Or um, if some, once somebody takes over the factory, um, the game now only lasts for like another like three rounds. If somebody ever got to the factory. Cool. And uh, yeah, so they just kind of like changes, change the game a little bit on like how it ends. And I kind of, I really appreciated that part about the expansion. I haven't played that one. It's really, they're, they're really neat. Um, I, I, I like doing the, uh, the 20 round one when you're introducing the game to, to, to new players. Say this game is only going to last 
20 rounds kind of gives them oh, like kind of like it kind of gives them the feel and the flow of a game and because 20 rounds you're going to go through 20 rounds pretty quickly huh. cool well let's, uh, and, let's and actually i was talking to a guy at uh at the stonemeyer day that we had and he's like most of our games don't last much more past 20 rounds actually anyways <laughs> yeah i'm trying to think how long a game normally takes and i can't really he says on average their games last about 20, between 22 to 25 rounds. I'm, I'm sure I could lose Scythe in that much time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number two. My number two is Viticulture Tuscany Essential Edition. Um, that game was my first introduction to Stonemaier product. And uh, I don't think they had... They had a few titles out as well, but that one initially caught my eye because I love my worker placement. And um, it just kept adding more depth to this game, more choices. The, um, the little area control map on the, in the bottom left-hand corner of the regions with the stars that you can put down. Um, they, they, they amped up the initiative order. They added another season. They added buildings. I think that this one was... Uh, uh, the the finish chrome that Jamie wanted to put on the on the game and it was uh, I think it was it was just a beautiful upgrade and expansion to uh, to as I said before to an already excellent base game so did, yeah did you did you did you ever read about what he did with the original Tuscany expansion I don't I think I might have done so some of that research the original Tuscany expansion whereas it was a whole bunch of these little modules that were all lock, locked away in tuck boxes. And you had to play, you had to play through kind of like a storied campaign. Um, and then you just kind of opened up a new, a new thing every game until you played through eight or 10 games. And then all the modules are unlocked. Kind of like what he is, did with the, uh, the Scythe Rise of Fenris yeah, I was just expansion. Sounds okay. Awesome. You play through a campaign and you kind of unlock little little bits that you can integrate if you want to or you don't want to in, in future in future games. Oh man, it just popped in my head. Viticulture, the legacy game. Yeah, it could happen. <laughs> Anything could happen now. All right. <laughs> let's move on. I could get on locked on this topic for a while. Uh, let's move on to Ian's number two. Okay, so my number two, uh, I decided to go with the Dominion expansion just because I have so many. And, <laughs> and each, each expansion really does kind of have its own character to it. Um, I went with Prosperity, which is one of the earlier ones. And Prosperity is great because it actually adds on to the money and the amount of points you can get. So if you know Dominion, you know you're always going for those eight-point cards. This actually bumps up that point level. Mm. Or no, it's eight cost cards. The points are less than that, six points. But you can actually buy better cards and you get more money. So you, there's normally bronze, silver, gold. Well, this adds platinum. So you can get really rich. And with that, they add really expensive cards that are awesome. So one of the best cards in the entire game <laughs> is the King's Court card, which takes any other card you played and triples what it does. So, so if it's like get three coins, well now suddenly you've got nine coins, and it yeah triples whatever card you want to play it with, which is pretty awesome. Uh -huh. And Dominion, yeah, I actually I don't know if we want to talk about storage at all or not with the expansions. <laughs> I actually just decided because I had eight Dominion boxes, 
and it was taking up a lot of shelf space. And I managed to shrink all eight boxes into two boxes, two base boxes. Each one weighs 10 pounds right now. <laughs> There's that many cards packed into them. It's crazy. That's a, that's a, a weighted number two, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you didn't. Uh, yeah, poop joke. <laughs> Ryan. My, number, my number two is one that I've already mentioned today. Um, is Five Tribes, the Artisans of Nakala. And so this was the first expansion that came out for Five Tribes. And this is the one that Controversial added the sixth tribe to the game. So <laughs> I'll get past it. <laughs> I will someday. But it added, a, but it added the artisans. It added the artisans um, meeples. And it added a couple more tiles that you could visit. So it expanded the board a little bit. And I liked what the artisans did because when you took them, uh, one of the, their power was that you got to claim these magic items. And magic items could either be worth just straight up points. And there's some magic items that actually gave you a, a one-time ability, such as look at the top three gin cards and claim one. Or your last, you know, your last movement, move that meeple anywhere on the board. Or so, something like that. So you just added these little these little Rule things breakers. like the magic items, um, a couple new gins to the game, these new tiles, these new marketplaces that you could. It also added in the um, the, the mountains and the, and the um, non-passable regions, which I really liked because then it kind of gave you a little bit of a restriction on the yeah. board. Oh, cool. So like, there's a big canyon. Can't go across the canyon. Um, can't go past the mountains. So you kind of had restricted your movement around the board a little bit. I really liked what it did. It doesn't convolute the game at all. Um, just a couple new rules about, hey, what does that new tile do? Hey, what do the artisans do? Yeah, I really like going for those magic items. Oh, I do it every time. But I'm kind of infamous amongst all of us that I love to go for the shiny new thing that's <laughs> added to the game. So, Well, even there's a benefit of uh, getting the artisans because they kind of act like the, the yellow and white meeples. As yeah. they're, they're worth points also if you don't use them at the end of the game. Yeah. Cool. All right. I think that's uh, we're on to number one. So my number one is Star Wars Rebellion Rise of the Empire. Interesting. The, the big big juicy part of that whole expansion is the cinematic combat it yeah, norm really likes the combat system that oh, it introduced i thought the old i mean I, I appreciated the old one but it was clunky it just to it seemed to me to be clunky this new cinematic combat just makes things so much smoother um it um not that there was anything that was out of balance but I think this was this was one where it just um, adapted a rule set and, and increased increased its its level of interest for me at least. I, there could probably be just as many people saying that they hate it because of the cinematic combat. But I love the fact that you can play a card in your air combat and your ground combat, and then depending on your your, your you know who you bring to battle, that there's a potential for doing some rerolls. So. Um, yeah, it, it adds it adds that whole um, delicious uh, 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 trashy um, dice rolling challenge. That, that, to that's kind of thing that I kind I kind of like it. It added it added a little bit more theme to an already really great thematic experience. Mm -hmm. That that's what I was like. Hey, if I have 
if I have the Death Star in this battle, I can play the Death Star card, which like just blows crap up. Or Han Solo can fly in and yeah, blow up the Death Star because he <laughs> fluked it off somehow. Yeah, no, the, I just, I love how, um, because of everyone's knowledge of the IP, that you, the narrative just flows. It just, it, you can easily have uh, this new cinematic combat add to the story uh, of the game that you're playing. So yay, that's my number one. I'm not a big Rogue One fan, so I don't know that I would add it. Oh, yeah, I, I think we, just I, for that reason, I, as ridiculous I, I, as that sounds, I think I think we played. I I, I introduced you to the just in the Macom. Yeah, and you were lukewarm on it. I think I don't know. Maybe you played it again might solidify you either you love it or you. Yeah. But yeah, like I like I like I was also on the fence too about. It. I'm like, oh, I liked the way that the combat worked beforehand. I do like the thematic part of it. I do like the new ships that the the uh, yeah. Um, Rise of the Empire added because you get the roll the green dice, which yep. are the direct hits. Oh right, yeah. They added yep. those. They added those bits in, and then they also added in the the um, the alternate setup with yes. the uh, with the Death Star under construction for the Imperial player. I kind of like. I kind of liked that thing too. It just added a different setup to the game. It kind of. It was kind of like um, having a new campaign story introduced. Yeah. You could stay with the base campaign story, or you could add this camp base campaign story. Um, but yeah, no, that cinematic combat came to me was uh, just a, a complete uh, 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 kind of revolutionized the combat system for me. Now, again, nothing wrong with the old one. This one, I like this one better. Yeah, I've heard that from a lot of people, actually. Cool. Ian. Uh, okay, my number one might be a little controversial because <laughs> it kind of goes against what we said makes good and bad expansions, but that's okay. And I'm going old school. So I'm picking the Cities and Knights of Catan, which completely convolutes the game and <laughs> really makes it way more complicated than it needs to be. This sounds like French grammar. <laughs> but I love it. It's, but keep in mind, there's a historical aspect to this too, right? Because we used to play Cities or we used to play Catan constantly like every Saturday for hours. And of course we wanted to get the expansions to spice things up. So seafarers kind of expanded the, the breadth of the game mm -hmm. by, you know, adding more extra islands you can sail to. Yeah. But cities and knights added to the depth of the game. And so now you could actually develop your cities and you could actually fight off barbarians that were landing on the island and you had to temporarily team up with everybody else so to fight them off and how and build up your knights so you have the best knights and yeah it gets it gets deep it kind it of was, added a cinematic combat to it yeah this, yeah <laughs> and, and they, they and they used they used the city and knights expansion model for when they developed game of thrones Catan. They, oh, did they? they? They they incorporated that with the with the the wildlings and everything coming over the wall. Okay. And we there there's that little temporary cooperative piece where you have to fight. You had to fight them back, type idea. And so they said they 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 were inspired by the City and Knights expansion. Cool. So they just threw it all together as one one game, of of the of the Game of Thrones Catan. Huh. Awesome. Yeah. My number one is an expansion to one of my favorite games to play because it's just so much darn fun <laughs> adrenaline 
And the, the expansion was called the Team Play DLC. Of course, they're, they're playing on the words that this is a, a first-person shooter video game. And this is the downloadable content. And so what it did is it added, here again, I, I, I bashed it earlier in the episode, <laughs> but this added the, a sixth player. <laughs> but they needed to add in the sixth player because they wanted to introduce the team mode, the, the, the three-on-three battle royale. Well, and that, that makes sense. And so... You could just play with just now. You could just play the game just as a, a six-player, everybody free-for-all. Or you can play as this, this team mode, which doesn't really convolute things. Um, all it really does is that, hey, I take a turn on my team, then another person on the other team takes a turn. And you just kind of go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth until, you know, you score, you, you know, a certain amount of rounds go by and then – or certain many kills – they're not tracked by rounds, but so many kills go ha happen, and then the game ends. Um, there's a lot of strategy where you and your teammates of like who's going to take their turn next because everybody oh, yeah. has to everybody has to take their turn before somebody can repeat a turn, huh. which is really kind of cool. And it also added in the module to just a base game of Adrenaline, where all the characters now had their own um, starting weapons. So beforehand, you had to actually go and find a weapon to, 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 to play with. Now you can start the game already with a weapon that is and it's tailored to your character. That's kind of a common trope with expansions, right? The, the idea of having a customized start. Yeah, you're, you're, you're um, trying, trying to make everybody a little bit of, uh, what do they call it, asynchronous? Asynchronous, yeah. Like I can think Zolkin did something similar, right? Every, you get the tribe and the tribe is right, something specific yeah. to them. Yeah, it sounds a lot, a lot like that. Cool. And I, I, uh, I played Adrenaline for the first time at, Fal at uh, Falcon with you and immediately fell in love with that game. Yeah, so that expands. Yeah, gets those, those little starting bonuses. And then, yeah, you can, play, you can play the team game. And the team game is so much fun if you can get the six people together to play it. Okay. Well, that, that's a, I think those are two, uh, three lists that... Uh, I, I'm just looking at them. It's like, that's a wide range of, of games that we hit on there. There's no well, crossover there's at a, all. There's a buttload of expansions. Oh, yeah, I could there. have talked about a lot more. So <laughs> is it fair to say we're all pro expansion or are we any of us anti expansion? I, you know what? Norm, you look like you kind of want to be on the anti expansion. I, side. No, well, no, I'm, I guess I'm pro expansion. It's more so to each his own, right? I mean, you don't have to buy it. I know, like, Ian's got a comment written on here, because I had put a little category that says, do you personally, do you buy expansions? And Ian wrote, yes, though I do now, I do less now than I used to. So is that is that the thing that you're getting picky with your expansions yeah, now? Yeah, just getting pickier. Yeah, I'm me not too. Just buying them, buying them whenever they come out. Yeah, because my part, my part of one thing that Norm mentioned earlier was that I was always a completionist. Um, if... I feel like I need to have the complete game experience. And now my experience with Great Western Trail means that I think I probably should try some of these things now before I, before I decide that I need to. And like with my legendary thing that I just repurchased, I am okay not owning every single card in that game. Well, that could just drive you over the edge for some games. Like, I mean, 
Well, then I'm going to turn into like Ian's storage, Dominion storage solution. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, Dominion, the Rubbermaid box. So, so, so is that, oh. is that is that is that our next like topic of like just how do we store our games? Well, you know what? I was here's a I'll throw this one out there like storage and that idea of blinging out your games. Oh yeah, like blinging out your storage yeah, or blinging it really, out really, really bugs me. If they come over an expansion, it doesn't fit in the base it box. Really bugs me too. <laughs> okay, well we're, we're 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 we just might get off topic and start another sh- another uh, topic episode. So, the- so another thing that makes a good expansion is that if it fits in the base box. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you say to this argument against expansions? Just to be devil's advocate, a lot of people will come up with, why would you buy? an expansion for a game when you can buy a brand new game. What would you say to, to something like that? Why would we choose an expansion over an entirely separate new game? Now, what's, I, now, what, now I was going to say, what type of expansion is this? Because, yeah, I've seen these two where there's these expansions that cost as much as a brand new game. Now, to, to legitimately answer that, it depends on, like you guys had mentioned before, how how into the game or how dedicated to the game are you that you would like to continue on uh, you know exploring the depth of what that game has to offer you right like kemet the there was one expansion that yeah kem the expansion was the cost of a pretty good game but it just added so much uh, um dimension without without seeing as, as that was fixing anything right well, that, that there's the thing too. Is it is it bringing enough to the table that's going to give you a new game experience, and that you're going to get that much more out of that game rather than just buying it? Because I'm at the point now where I'm buying less new games, and I want to buy expansions yeah. and go back to my old games. I like mm-hmm. the idea of going back to an old game, right? With a, something maybe a little bit new. That's where I'm at too. Because I think it speaks to like the type of person type of gamer you are because there are people who want to buy new games constantly and so they're probably going to pick a new game over an expansion i try not to do that i try not to just buy all the new games but i like having expansions so i can re i really enjoy revisiting my old games yeah yeah that's the point that i've gotten to i've gotten to now where i'm just gonna if, if i'm gonna look at buying a new game but I also see at the same time, hey, look, there's an expansion to a game that, hey, I haven't played that in like six months or something like that now. Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning, nowadays, I'm leaning more towards the expansion and going back to something that's already been sitting on my shelf. I paid money yeah. for that game already in the initial <laughs> place. I better be playing it. <laughs> yeah, well, and that to me, that comes back to my thought before was when I buy an expansion, I'm committing to that game to residing game. in my collection because it's... Yeah. It, because it's it's proven itself to me yeah so yeah. cool i think uh i think we did a good roundabout on this topic excellent yeah i i, I don't i don't think I, I think i'm satisfied but i don't think i've there's any more that i need to add all right well we'll, we'll just do an expansion to this later <laughs> yeah we'll ex- <laughs> we'll expand on this episode later on and uh, funny enough, we might just do that. So um, if there's nothing else, gentlemen, you ready to close this out? Sure. Yep. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much for listening. I'm Norm. I've been Ryan. And I'm Ian. Take care. 
We are Bridge City Board Gamers, and you can find us on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter at BC Board Gamers. Our Facebook page is Saskatoon Tabletop Games Community, and on Board Game Geek Guild number 3039.